This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanny Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are back for another edition of the Primetime Podcast right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for mainly college football, college basketball, but Brandon, we're in an interesting time now. I mean, the college season for basketball is going on, so we got a ton of prospects to talk about there. But in college football, it's kind of turned into, all right, we're in that limbo where it's like the season's ended, we're not going to start previewing the next one, so it's pretty much a draft mindset when it comes to the college kids and where they're going. Got a jam-packed show for you guys today, going to be looking at You, when you came in, told me uh, the big news that you're excited about, Kyler Murray. He is going, well, going, I'm using my air quotes, um, to the NFL draft. Do you think, right right now, before I kind of put you on the spot here, do you think he'll end up in the NFL? If you had to just really quick yes or no answer, and then maybe a little bit. I'd say say yes. I, I think that if he was completely sold on going and playing baseball, he would not have entered the draft, he would have told the Oakland A's, mm-hmm. I'm coming, I'll be reporting to you guys. did they meet with him too and give him more money? They they were having a meeting. Uh, I think there there was a, a certain price point uh, out of his camp that he wanted, mm-hmm. and if he got that, he would definitely go baseball mm-hmm. to, to go with the one that he might be getting the most money with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I'm assuming that probably didn't happen. He's going to test out the NFL, and I, I think that ultimately he'll end in the NFL. The thing I thought about today is what, how how interesting would it be if he got drafted by the Oakland Raiders, where it's like, oh, you got drafted by Oakland, oh, and they're going to L.A., or they're going to Las Vegas. So it's like the team that is leaving Oakland is now stealing um, your player away from your baseball team. I hope that doesn't happen to Oakland, by the way, but we're comparing Kyler Murray to Dwayne Haskins today on the show. We're also going to take a look at Bryce Love finally came out and said why uh, he was skipping his bowl game for to worry about his health. It's because he tore his ACL and had to have surgery on that. We're going to look at how that is going to affect his draft stock, and then we're going to look at the transfer pool in college football. A big name in Jalen Hurts is looking to transfer, and we're going to look at where he should go, kind of best fits, what schools could land the, right now, Alabama quarterback. And before we get into everything, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. That is where you help and support us. And at the $10 tier, you can be like our boy Matt, who's going to be on the podcast next week, and you can join a podcast with whatever topic you would like to talk about. But Brandon, let's take a look. Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray. I was kind of hoping that Kyler Murray would put his name into the NFL draft mix today because as I sent you this email of our topics last night, I said, man, wouldn't it really suck if Kyler Murray was like, no, I'm going to baseball because then we couldn't do this topic. But the thing I want to ask you, you are now the Arizona Cardinals. Let's say you're taking a quarterback at number one. Who do you take, Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray? You know, a week ago, I would have, and I think I was saying for sure, take Dwayne Haskins. The quarterback you have is garbage. And I still st- stand by that. Josh Rosen's a flop. I don't mm-hmm. care what people 
what people say about, oh, how can you tell after one year? You can tell after a couple of games. I think at this point, if he is actually going to come in and stay and not go anywhere else and not switch and swip, uh, flip, flip-flop back and forth, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I want Kyler Murray. I mm-hmm. think that he comes with a little bit more potential. I think he comes with just a better overall set of skills. While I think that Dwayne Haskins can still be a runner if need be, Kyler Murray is definitely better mobility-wise. He's really good under pressure. Yes, he loses a little bit of accuracy when he's throwing on the run, but he still has the velocity on it. I think that he there's a lot that he can do, and he makes big big plays. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the games that he played against West Virginia this past year. Both games he played against Texas this past year. They were, one was a loss, one was a win, but both games he played really well. He brought his team back in in that first game, especially to even make it close. They were down by multiple scores early in that ball game. He's a very, very good quarterback. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray is Again, I, I mentioned a lot of things that I liked about Dwayne Haskins last week. I still think that Dwayne Haskins has a, a, a very good arm, accurate, can move the ball down the field. But I think that there's going to be bigger plays and I think more poise, at least right now, out of Kyler Murray. There's there's more there's more for, I think, a guy like Dwayne Haskins to, to work on. And now mm-hmm. this is tough because... I don't want to make it sound like Dwayne Haskins is is not good and everything I said last week is inaccurate, but when you put him against Kyler Murray, that's where you start to say, okay, who do you really think is is the better one? And I, I just think Murray gets a little bit of an edge there. My first thought, and I know that people are going to get angry at me for this. Oh, people are probably already angry at me. Go ahead. I look at them and I go, Dwayne Haskins all day, every day. And the main reason I say that is the size. Dwayne Haskins uh, yes. right now, 6'2", 214. Give me that over 5'10", a buck 90. And the thing that I will say is everyone, like, the biggest positive for Kyler Murray right now in my mind is Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield came out at number one and was a huge flop, we wouldn't be even batting an eye at Kyler Murray. We'd be saying, oh, he's probably he's going to be a really good college quarterback, but don't expect anything. Don't expect that at the next level. Where my worry with Kyler Murray is you look at his tape in college and you're impressed. You look at what he can do, you're impressed. But the thing that I wonder is with everything with his ability – How is he going to translate into the next level? Because if you look at any single draft profile for this kid, they all say his best trait is his playmaking ability, but his worst trait is is his progressions. And at the next level in the NFL, it's all about those progressions. So for me, I wonder what Kyler Murray, like what are we going to get from Kyler Murray? Is it going to be, Russell Wilson esque where and I throw Russell Wilson out there because he's five eleven. Five eleven. Smaller guy. Yep. But here's the thing with Russell Wilson is yes, he can run the ball, but he's a guy that let me run around a lot, a lot, a lot in the backfield and look for a receiver down the field. 
is Kyler Murray going to be that, or is he going to be what we saw from RG3, where it's like, okay, I can do this by myself, or kind of a little what we saw from Lamar Jackson earlier this year, and even a little bit later this year of, okay, let me get this with my legs. I can do it. And that is not going to bode well the more hits you're going to take with that smaller frame. Whereas Dwayne Haskins, he's sitting there. I mean, he he doesn't have a ton of more weight. He's only got like, what, 20 pounds. But, I mean, 20 pounds is 20 pounds. But he's 6'2", 214 compared to 5'11", a buck 90. Another person, another quarterback that I look at and that I think took a lot of flack for being too small, Mm -hmm. Drew Brees. Drew Brees, and he's been one of the best, well, most we just consistent. Throw out, we just throw him out all the time. Like, the, no, but, but it's but, all but, the same name. But here, but here's what I'm. But here's what I'm listen, But here's what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is that there was so much against Drew Brees when he was coming out. This guy's never going to be good. He's not going to be able to see over the the offensive mm-hmm. line. He's never going to be able to get the ball down the field. He's not going to see the receivers that he's trying to throw it to. That's garbage. That's mm-hmm. a garbage claim because we know it's not true. He's never won an MVP, and I don't understand how he could very well do it this year. He's been one of the best. Over Patrick Mahomes? He could. Okay. I'm just saying, Patrick Mahomes is my MVP. That's why I'm saying Patrick that. Mahomes is who, who, who I want to win the <laughs> yeah. MVP, but I wouldn't be upset with Drew Brees because he's never won it, and yeah. Pat Mahomes will probably win it multiple times <laughs> if he plays like this all the time. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that, you th- yes, you can throw out a number of different guys, mm-hmm. but that's where I think you you if you try and make the argument that he's too small, it almost ends up being garbage mm-hmm. because we've seen other guys who are too small, quote-unquote, that have done it, that have succeeded and excelled and mm-hmm. done much better than anyone ever believed that they'd be able to do. Well, and, and that's and, why and I bring my, up my, my biggest thing. My biggest thing is not his height, it's his weight. It's 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 how big is he in terms of how mm-hmm. much muscle does he have on him? We've seen quarterbacks. If you do not have an offensive line, if you go to a team that has a porous offensive line, and you are taking hit after hit after hit after hit. Look at this this past season. We saw the Houston Texans offensive line not be very good. Deshaun Watson took numerous hits. Numerous hits. Could there have been games where he did not play? Could there have been multiple games where he did not play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there absolutely could have been. He was hurting. He was hurting bad. I remember after the Dallas game, he took so many hits. They were wondering, is he going to play next week? That is the biggest, I think, worry that I would have about Kyler Murray. It's not his height. It's not anything within his mechanics. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that is he going to be able to hold up against some big hits from big defensive linemen, linebackers who come at him full speed, knock him to the ground? Mm -hmm. Will he be able to, to sustain that? With right now, I think he's about 195 or so, under 200. Mm hmm. Is he going to be able to add on some more weight, some more muscle to be able to sustain those types of hits? That is, I think, the biggest concern Mm -hmm. with Kyler Murray entering the NFL. Well, and that's why it's exactly why with me, it's not the size that is the weakness or that is the red flag. It's the durability because of said size. And like, I, I think the thing you hit right on the head is it's not the height. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, although Drew Brees is listed at six foot, Russell Wilson is 5'10", 5'11", 
he's doing just fine. Can see over the offensive line, can chuck the ball downfield. I don't think that Kyler Murray will have a problem in that sense. For me, it's because of the game that he plays, where if he's able to come to the next level, and I don't want to say do exactly what Russell Wilson is doing, but kind of be that smart. Like I even say we see it from Baker a little bit, where it's like if your eyes are down the field, you're making your reads, you're using your legs to open the pocket, extend time, and look downfield, then he'll be fine. The thing that I think is the big worry is that if he becomes a runner, if his first, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson-ism for Kyler Murray, like think about that West Virginia game. Breaks down, first thing he does is shoot to the left side, and he's gone. First off, the defensive players in the NFL are going to be bigger, faster, stronger. Number two, that is something where NFL coaches it's kind of a double-edged sword because if you do rattle off a 50-yard touchdown like that, the coach goes, oh, great, high fives because we scored. But if you don't, as a quarterback, with especially with how much money these teams are investing in quarterbacks, it kind of seems like teams are like, let's not do that because if you get hurt, then that throws everything down the drain. And the thing I want to bring into this is Deshaun Watson was – an interesting name that you brought up because just because Dwayne Haskins is 6'2", 214, Deshaun Watson is listed 6'2", 220. So they're in the ballpark, but Deshaun Watson is also a player that has been hurt in the NFL. Now, I know his was a knee. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, a big hit knocked him out of the game, but just because... Dwayne Haskins is 6'2", 214, doesn't mean he is going to be impenetrable to injuries and nothing's going to happen to him. I just think their games are so different to where Dwayne Haskins, the biggest red flag is we only seen one year out of him. We saw one year in college, whereas Kyler Murray, it's can you hold up as an NFL quarterback durability-wise? And I would come at you on the Dwayne Haskins thing and say we saw one year out of Mitch Trubisky, and mm-hmm. now Mitch Trubisky was a playoff quarterback yep. this past year. And no, he didn't win in the playoffs this past season, but mm-hmm. this is a team, a team, thankfully because of Mitch too and the system he's in, that they should be seeing many more playoff appearances. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a quarterback and a young guy who we saw one year out of. So, again, it, it you, you can break down a lot, of, and you can break through a lot of those, mm-hmm. well, he only this, or he only that. You can go through that and say, well, here's other guys that have done it. Here's other guys that have done it. Now, mm-hmm. is that going to, to roll over to each other person? No, not necessarily. Of course not. But I also think that... Uh, when you when you look at both of these quarterbacks and you compare both of them, you you wonder who is going to who's going to be the best under pressure. Because if you look at Ohio State, I'd love to see how Dwayne Haskins handles a little bit more pressure. He didn't have a whole lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Ohio State really that offensive line was pretty good. He wasn't under pressure a whole lot. When he was, there were some good plays where he he made some good moves. There was a good play in in one of the one of the games early on in the season where he 
He kept his eyes downfield. He used some of his mobility. He ended up making a really good throw back of the end zone. Receiver caught it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. There's that, and then there's also the, oh, I don't get pressured a whole lot. What's going on? What's going on? Don't know what to do with the, with the football. Mm-hmm. I think of the two of them, I think I mentioned this earlier already, but Kyler Murray is the better quarterback under pressure when there's chaos. Murray is the better one to me. But I also think that maybe because he was under a little bit more duress than Haskins was throughout the season. Mm-hmm. No, and that like that's one thing you can't take away from Kyler Murray is his poise. Where two games you look at West Virginia and Texas, like those two, and I'm talking about the second Texas game. Yeah. That was those were some big time situations because if they don't beat that Texas team the second time. They ain't going to the college football playoff. And Mm -mm. I think the biggest thing that, like, both of these guys are guys that can chuck it down the field. The reason why, if you asked me, gun to my head, pick one at number one, if I had to pick a quarterback, the reason why I would take Dwayne Haskins is because of two things. One, I think he's more ready— if that even makes sense. He's better prepared, I should say, to make go through the reads, the uh, progressions, that's the word I'm looking for, at the next level, where Kyler Murray it never... And they said the same thing about Baker Mayfield, too. I don't know if it's just an Oklahoma offensive thing, where the offense that Lincoln Riley plays isn't very like it doesn't have a ton of progressions it just has you know what i had two playmakers go out hey kyler go out there and be you hey baker go out there and be you kind of a thing and it just worked that way whereas Dwayne haskins you kind of saw with that offense some of the progressions that he had to check down and go through the other one's the durability and it's the only reason why i bring up the durability i'm going to get away from the size and I'm going to go with how they play the game. Whereas someone in the comment section was like, did this guy, talking about me, um, did he call Dwayne Haskins mobile, like a mobile quarterback? Yes, technically, like I would consider him a dual threat, but more of like the dual threat of like Big Ben, where, hey, I'm in the pocket, let me slide over, let me bootleg out this way to keep the play going and looking downfield where Kyler Murray, I would almost be nervous to where it would be. Is he going to be Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson ask Russell Wilson ask where it's like, I'm going to use Lamar Jackson more so of like, Oh, this broke down. I'm running. And then he's off to the races where the reason why it worked with Russell Wilson is he stays in the backfield. Like I know sometimes he goes out and has runs for gains, but He's right, like we see, like they mark it on Sports Center. It's like, oh wow, he's running for like 20 seconds behind the offensive line. Eventually, finds Doug Baldwin wide open for an easy catch. Which one are we going to see from Kyler Murray? And does Kyler Murray kind of need a coach like Russell Wilson has in Pete Carroll? Where I feel like Pete Carroll is kind of like Lincoln Riley, where it's like, hey, Russ, you do you. You be you, you're fine. And he doesn't like, he doesn't put a ton of pressure on his quarterback where some other coaches might try to take Kyler 
and fit him into a box that he does not belong into. And I, I think I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to say that Kyler Murray would be the, the, the better of the two and the, the, the number one pick mm-hmm. today, today, be based off of him now coming uh, and saying that mm-hmm. he's going to, to go to the uh, NFL draft. I think that what where you used it as maybe more so of a negative if it, mm-hmm. if he was like Lamar Jackson, I could see it as a positive. Lamar Jackson, again, I'll, I will let me go out on a limb. It's mm-hmm. a really shaky one. <laughs> the the Ravens would not have gotten to the playoffs with Joe Flacco. No, they wouldn't have. And when I say shaky, I am being completely facetious because. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows they wouldn't have made it with Joe Flacco. They, they made, made it the with Lamar right Jackson. Time. They made mm-hmm. it with Lamar Jackson. Now, was Lamar Jackson the best passer this season? No, he was not. And and why is that? Because Baltimore allowed him to do what is one of his really great things: run mm-hmm. and run effectively. Did he start to? Did they start to open up the passing game for him uh, more so as the season went on? Yeah, they did. And was he good at it? Yeah. He was. He was pretty accurate. The game against the Chargers, I know not in the playoffs, but the one in in, in the regular season where it didn't matter now. Where they but, won. But they won and, and smoked him. Mm-hmm. He had some great plays with his arm. He had some great plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. I think that Kyler Murray could be like that, but better. And that is not a negative, obviously, then. That's a positive. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a guy who, because of how lethal... He can be with his arm and with his legs and how many big plays he can have coming either way. That makes him, I think, a lot more dangerous than maybe what we might see with Dwayne Haskins. That's why I would say Kyler Murray. So I've got two questions for you. I had one lined up, but from what you said, you popped another one in my head that I want to ask you is, do you think based off this past year, did Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson help out Kyler Murray? Because this year, because of how both those two played this season, are we not going to look at Kyler Murray the same way we would have looked at Lamar Jackson last year's draft or a mobile quarterback before last year's draft? I think so, and I, and I think more so Lamar Jackson because teams— Owners, GMs, coaches—they mm-hmm. want to see that it works. Yeah, they want to see that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, we have, we forgot Russell Wilson was able to do this too, and he did it well. Mm-hmm. He's just been doing it for so long, we forgot about it. And then, oh yeah, Michael Vick did it well for a long time. And and oh wow, Lamar Jackson's doing it really well. Mm-hmm. They need to be reminded and have these examples that having these quarterbacks who. Yes, they're good passers, but they're they might be better runners first. Is okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay, and it's okay that they are extremely mobile. I mean, look at even take a look at Mitch Trubisky. I mean, how many games this year did he do better running the football than throwing it? Mm-hmm. The game against the Patriots, he ended up with a lot of yards in the passing game, but he was more effective on the ground with his legs. He almost had a hundred yards rushing mm-hmm. and a touchdown there. So it's. It's seeing these examples and then, yes, not being afraid of going after a guy who might be similar to that because we can have the same success that this team did with this player, that this team did with this player, et cetera. 
Last question I want to ask you has to do, it's a very NFL-y question, but I'm going to ask it anyways, although we're on the Primetime Podcast. Put your beliefs and thoughts about Josh Rosen aside. That's hard. Should the Arizona Cardinals, A, should the Arizona Cardinals draft Kyler Murray with the number one pick because Cliff Kingsbury is on tape. Of course, he was with Texas Tech at the time. Said he would draft Kyler with the number one pick if he had it. Well, congratulations, Cliff. You got the number one pick. You can put your money where your mouth is. Should they do it? And is Cliff Kingsbury the right coach for Kyler Murray at the next level? Putting my accurate thoughts about Josh Rosen aside. Because I know you would easily just go, yes, Josh Rosen's garbage. Like, give me something besides that. Okay, no, no. (laughs) Then no, you shouldn't because the thought would be you're now with a quarterback in his second year in the Mm -hmm. NFL. The thought is he hopefully gets better. We know he won't. Um, And I think that you have to... You have to believe, okay, we've got our man. Year one was tough. Year Mm -hmm. one can be tough. We won three games. We were bad. Everyone's going to continue to throw the Jared Goff in your face. Just just warning you. That's fine. They can go (laughs) ahead. They can be wrong. Um, I'll come and I'll wear my cowboy hat. Like, no, just kidding. (laughs) Like Um, Stephen A. But uh, (laughs) I guess I would say no then. You don't draft him. You don't draft him because you believe that you have your future right here. Mm-hmm. already on your team. Let's say they do, though. Is Cliff Kingsbury the right coach for Kyler in the NFL? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I do think so. Mm-hmm. Do I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the best head coach? You didn't ask me that, um, but <laughs> no. I'll answer it. No. Um, <laughs> he's. I just. I see Cliff Kingsbury more suited for the offensive coordinator role, which mm-hmm. he'll probably be in in about three years when he's fired from the Arizona Cardinals. Um <laughs> But Just as long as he makes it longer than Steve Wilkes and uh, doesn't get chutted. <laughs> I, I still I still feel bad for Steve Wilkes. I mean, even Vance Joseph got a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think that I think that he would be good for him because he he is high powered, high flying, mm-hmm. move the ball down the field offense with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Run, run. I thought this was Madden. I didn't think I had a run. Which is weird because they got David Johnson. Who was great in the passing game. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would say that, yes, he will be he would mm-hmm. be good for Kyler Murray if he got him. He probably won't get him. But I think he would be the right fit for him. Mm-hmm. Because that, how Murray plays, how Kingsbury coaches, mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be a match. It would be an, an absolute match. They would have swiped right on each other. You know what I want to do if only if Josh Rosen turns out to be a bust. You know what I want to do if he turns out to be a bust? What's that? Much like you said the Stephen A thing, we have to do then a short video maybe for like Twitter or a short video on the YouTube channel of much like Stephen A cowboy hat-esque, you in a hot tub like Josh Rosen – just with a big old cigar. Just <laughs> just being like, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm going to boast about it. Although it's, you don't want to boast that someone's a boss, but hey, boasting that you're right, we love to do it here. I know there's a couple of us here at MVP that like to let you know when we're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I couldn't even pick who those were. Uh, but I would say that I could probably get in the hot tub now. 
Okay. <laughs> you're getting in there. You're getting comfortable. You're like, come on, Josh, come join me. Um, but this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. What do you think about both Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray? Who would you pick if you had to choose between the two quarterbacks? Let us know what you're thinking down below in that comment section. But, Brandon, let's move on into our next topic. And what we are looking at is still the NFL draft, but we're moving over from quarterbacks into the running backs. And before we get into everything, I got to let you guys know, make sure to go on to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast, the Primetime Podcast. Just type Primetime Podcast into the little search bar on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You'll see the PTP logo, the yellow Heisman Primetime Podcast. Go onto that, hit that subscribe button, and also... Go ahead and rate. Hopefully, we're giving you that five-star product that we shoot for. I think we've got a 4.5, which is not perfect, but I'll take a 4.5 over a 1.5. It's because we were those single. We were those good old boys. Yeah, we were the good old boys (laughs) at the beginning, and then we decided to change because we can't be a couple of good old boys. But we are not in this segment, Brandon. Next segment, we will be because we're going to look at Jalen Hurts. But we're taking a look at Bryce Love, and this is a guy who. We've seen the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows with his draft process. Last year, would have came out, would have been a highly touted running back pick, probably could have been a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Then this year has a disappointing season at Stanford. We go ahead and find out that when he said that he was not going to play in the team's bowl game because he wanted to focus on his health, we learned that that meant that he was getting ACL uh, surgery for his torn ACL that same day or the day after, or right around that time. This is an injury that, depending on who you are, it's vastly different. It could be you could be a fast healer. It only takes you six months. Some it takes you nine months. Some takes you a full year to get back. Then you don't know exactly how much motion you're going to have in that knee, which is crucial for a running back who is going to have to be making cuts on that knee. This is a guy who is right now, before this news, a day two draft pick in the NFL. What do you think this does to Bryce Love's draft stock? It hurts it. It it, it definitely hurts it because, like you mentioned, Ricky, he wasn't going to be a first-round pick Mm -hmm. this year anyways. And now he's going to have to battle back. And I truly mean battle back. I mean, we've seen it, you know, for for anybody, any friends that have been athletes, you know, played in college, mm-hmm. but play, you know, any time that they've done it, it's it's a battle to come back. And, and, and how you come back all depends on how hard you work. Mm-hmm. I fully expect Bryce Love to work extremely hard to get back from this. But it is a process. It can be a long process. And then are you... Are you at where you once were? And that's the biggest question. That's going to be the question that every team's going to have. Are you in your junior year form? Mm-hmm. And that's when he had over 2,000 yards uh, on the ground. That's when he had 19 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's when Bryce Love looked like a number one or at certainly a top five mm-hmm. pick or even in, a Heisman in, in, candidate. in the draft. Now... It is his last season. He he has a chance to come out and, and, and go to the draft. He says, no, I'm going to go back. You can't fault him for that. 
You can't fault him for that. He didn't think that this would happen. He went back to be even better. And you have to, you know, you mm-hmm. have to be very happy and, and, and proud of that. But it didn't work out for him. Mm-hmm. And this is the downside to going back to college and going back for another year to finish it out and play your senior season. But he had such a bad senior season. When he was on the field, he wasn't good. He was off the field for most of the year, mm-hmm. it felt like. And this was just a really tough spot for Bryce Love. I think that he's I think that he's definitely gonna see his draft stack fall. Yeah, and the troubling thing about this is I'm gonna look up the exact dates for this because in the same ESPN article um that I had sent us about this story, it says in it that Love intends to participate in the NFL scouting combine in some way and told Yahoo Sports he was opening up about his injury to be transparent to the NFL teams that could be interested in drafting him. And, oh, that's going to be tricky. So I don't I don't know exactly what he, like, ugh, that, that, the thing that is tough about it is, so he had the surgery, what, that would have been in December, um, that he had the surgery. So that means by the NFL combine, it would have been two, oh, just roughly two months since because he tore it on December 18th, had the surgery around the end of December. So that puts the combine at two months away from the um, injury. And at that point, you are just beginning the because how it how it goes for ACL injuries is from zero to two weeks, you're resting. You're just resting. Then from two to four weeks, you're moving around. And then from two months to six months, that's when you're actually starting your rehabilitation of the injury. So the combine, it's going to be interesting to see how much he can do at the combine because that is going to be just at the beginning of his rehab process for this injury. And that's a big part of it. It's a that's a big part of it. The rehab. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take? Some 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 people are able to have it pretty speedy, and they're I mean, look they're, at AP. They're, they're good. They're good to go mm-hmm. in a in a shorter time frame. Mm-hmm. Others, it's longer. Some you have a have a relapse, or you have a you have something that goes wrong in terms of of your rehabilitation, and it is going to take much longer. I mean, it's. You just look at the the talent that we know he does have, and it's a shame that I don't think he's going to be drafted based on what that is. He's being drafted now, I'm almost certain of it, based off of what he did this past season. Mm-hmm. In his past season stats, he played in 10 games, 166 carries for 739 yards, 6 TDs, 20 catches, 99 yards. Yards from scrimmage under 900 at 838, mm-hmm. six total TDs. In 2017, he had over 2,100 yards from scrimmage and 19 touchdowns. He he scored more touchdowns in his first two seasons 
than he did in that in, in that last year. He had seven in his first two. He had six in, in twenty eighteen. It's just, I, I mean, I look, I, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm almost heartbroken for him. Mm-hmm. I, you see a guy go from being a first round locked in first round talent. Where don't know. Mm-hmm. I would have said probably a higher pick based off of him coming out after 2017 to now being, well, maybe, maybe he goes day three. Maybe he goes day three. I, I, I just think that this is, it's, it's really hard to see. And that's when, and, and I know that he's not really part of the conversation, but he could be. You're saying mm-hmm. for a guy like Justin Herbert, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't go back. You understand his reason mm-hmm. for going back, but don't go back. Look, look what happened over here. Well, look mean, what happened over here. People are already talking about mm-hmm. how, as they did with 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 Love, people are talking about how y- you'll be a a top pick one through mm-hmm. five, maybe not one through ten. Definitely, definitely. don't go back. Mm-hmm. Because you fear this, and I get it. Even, I'm, I'm on the other side. Even before the injury, but, too. That's I know. Yeah, but I'm on the other side because I'd say yes. Go back. You feel mm-hmm. you want to go back? Go back. You could be better. You could become better. But there's always, always this chance of an injury or a flop season. Yeah, and the thing that I wonder with it is if Bryce Love didn't have this injury. The thing that I would have thought was he'd be a prime contender for the Eagles. In I'm actually going to pull up their draft picks because um, I want to see if they have their second and third round. Um, but let's see, Philadelphia. Yeah, no, they he could have been a prime candidate for the Eagles in the second round because they have their own second round pick, which is 57th. They also have Baltimore's second-round pick, which is 53rd. Um, They actually do not have a third-round pick. Then they have one in the fourth, fifth, sixth, um, and then none in the seventh. That's the only team right now if you look at— and, of course, free agency could change all this. Um, Team needs uh, definitely change after free agency in the NFL. But as of right now, the only team— that is in dire need of a running back are the Philadelphia Eagles. Because you look at it, J.J. injured. He's going to be a free agent this year. But what do you even do with him? Him coming off of injury, what are you doing with J.J.? Maybe they bring him back if he's cheap, but still, you don't know. Then you've got Darren Sproles. He's a free agent this year. That means your running backs are Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, Josh Adams, and Boston Scott. Those are the only ones on the roster for next year. The Eagles seem to be going. They didn't seem to do much with him at all mm-hmm. in the postseason unless he got hurt. And I Who? For, forgot Adams. No, Adams was no. The only one because because jo- jo- Josh Adams. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was hurt for the postseason, but the he, they didn't one, do anything with the, him. And, and they started to and they but he was he he started to be their main running back mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. And the Philadelphia Eagles, that's the problem, is they seem to be a team where it's, who's the hot hand this week? Oh, if, if it's, you know, we'll start off with, you know, using all three or four, it feels like they have ten running backs that they'll work in. Okay, you have the hot hand, you're going to run the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. The rest of you, you're sitting down. So that's almost like, 
do you even want to go into that situation? Will you get any any work in? I don't know. Well, that's like there's a headline here from um, NBC Sports um, Philadelphia where they said the headline reads, Josh Adams' disappearance highlights need for talent infusion at running back where he just disappeared. And the thing that I would think about before is Bryce Love pre-injury, like before we knew the injury would happen, yeah, take a stab on him in the second round. He got two second-round picks. Why not? The thing that I wonder now is, is he going to be drafted? Yes. The question I have with Bryce Love that I still don't know an answer for, and I don't think we will get an answer until the draft combine, because you you know what might be the most important thing for Bryce Love at the combine? Like, the minimal what he'll need to do to help his draft stock, the physical. Because there are going to be teams at the combine that are like, we want to, like, if possible, we want a physical. We want to know exactly where you are with your knee. Because one thing we haven't mentioned, and both you and I have seen this firsthand with athletes during our career of calling sports in college is once you tear a knee ligament, it's very easy to do it again. Like, there's no guarantee that you'll do it again. But, like, I'll use the example. We used to call games in college and saw one athlete tear their ACL multiple times. And eventually, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, two times or three times that we saw the player, the one that I'm thinking of. It was two times, I think, and it ended her career to where it's like she couldn't come back. To play on that team, you'll have to tell me off the seen. air because I don't. I think you're making that up. I th- thought we had one that had multiple ACL injuries, unless I'm mistaking it. Um, but that's the thing: is it going to happen again? Look at, and I'm bringing this in. Of course, this is basketball. Look at the Porter family from basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Tay only tore it once, but he's got two sisters that did it multiple times. Like some did it four or five times. It seems like from the report that we had. So, I mean, teams are going to want to really be sure that your rehab is going well, and it's going to be difficult when you're just starting that rehab around that time. I think this could be an issue where he was a day two back, might be a day three back. Yeah, I was going to say that earlier. He might be a four to seven round. I don't think he goes seventh. But he could be a four, fifth, or sixth round running back where a team, let's say in the sixth round at the latest, goes, screw it, let's take a flyer on him. It's crazy. He had previously been listed as the number two draft-eligible mm-hmm. running back by Todd McShay before mm-hmm. this injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's crazy. I, I think that another thing that needs to happen for Bryce Love is away from the injury, mm-hmm. he needs to be, be become a better pass catching running back. Especially where the league is going. Absolutely. Because if you're not, you're only in maybe on first and second down. Mm-hmm. You're out for third. You might in on passing downs. So it's, which is usually third down. But um, I, I think that that is one thing where he definitely needs to get better. I thought that he was starting to maybe do it a little bit, but. Then this year there was nothing. There was not. There really wasn't a good sample. I think he caught maybe twenty passes for ninety nine yards. But, let's but that's. Be... But that's. But that's one of the things also too that 
it's not just necessarily about his injury. It's mm-hmm. also about all your skills. Yes, you're good in the running game. We know what he can do there, but mm-hmm. you have to get better as a pass-catching running back, especially if you would even want to be a an every-down back. Let's be honest. Look at this, and maybe we can take this into consideration. Not only does this fit the top one and two seeds for both of the playoffs, but all four teams right now in the playoffs still, three of those four don't have a single bell cow. Chiefs, I'm going to say Chiefs, Patriots, and Saints all have multiple backs. For the Saints, it's two. For the Chiefs, they have their stable of offensive weapons, it seems. Well, but they, but they had, when they but had. But they cycle guys in and out at but, that running but back But they position. had Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. They had Kareem Hunt. Before he went and, and did what he did, mm-hmm. he was the number one guy. But what I'm saying is they, and maybe the Chiefs are the exception to the rule because of what that offense is, they still make it work. And then the Patriots, they've always been a team where it's been like. This year, though, less. Sony Michelle. It's been pretty much Sony Michelle. But they still have that, like, oh, James White, we need a pass-catching option. Like, I saw, and I don't know if he broke it because I tuned out um, because the game was a blowout, but they're like, wow, he has 14 receptions, one more, and he ties Darren Sproles for the most receptions from a running back in a playoff game, and they have that option. Sony Michelle's been the main runner, but they have that option out of the backfield. And now with this injury, I don't think Bryce Love becomes that main rusher for a team. So that might be important for, like you said, develop this other option, be that guy that can help a team out in different ways. The thing I want to ask you is, very quickly, like here at the end, what does this mean for other guys? And the guy that I think of, your favorite guy, you never want to think of like how one injury, like this sucks for Bryce Love, but it's a positive for other guys where now in my mind, doesn't this move David Montgomery right into that number two position behind Damian Harris? Uh, in yeah, the running back. Yeah, I think it does. And, and now, it, some people could also say that uh, Montgomery is above mm-hmm. uh, Damian Harris in the in the running backs, and especially if you know you're talking about your bowl, you know bowl games, you need to have mm-hmm. good bowl games. And I think mine was Damian Harris um, from the running back position. Was that they didn't use him as much as I thought that they would have and would have mm-hmm. liked that they would have. They there was a lot of Josh Jacobs. Um, there was a lot of Najee Harris. There wasn't as much Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I almost think Montgomery is going to move in front of him or even could be sitting in front of him right now because it really wasn't a question of, oh, who's going to be the running back that that uh, carries the ball today? It's going to be David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Montgomery. It's not, well, it could be Harris, could be Jacobs, could be Harris. It could be somebody else. I mean, that's that's the question. That's the kind of the question. And again, not to say that Damian Harris is bad. I I do not think that at all. But I also think that did he was he able to put on display in those last couple of games mm-hmm. everything that he had? And the answer is definitely no. So you think it still could be a fight for the top spot? Yeah, I do. Because like I'm looking right here, and of course everyone's gonna have their own rankings, but. <laughs> This is according to thedraftnetwork.com. They have Bryce Love as 10. Here are the nine guys they have above him. 
Number one, they got Damian Harris. Number two, David Montgomery. Number three, Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma. Number four, Elijah Hollywood from Georgia. Then at five, Miles Gaskin from Washington. Six, Justice Hill, Oklahoma State. Mike Sanders at seven, the running back from Penn State. Then Travion Williams, the running back from Texas A&M. And then at nine, Carrion Higdon, the running back from Michigan. And the next two, right after Bryce Love, that could easily pass him depending on this injury, Benny Snell from Kentucky, Mike Weber from Oklahoma. Like, there are... There are backs here that, I mean, the way I see it is we don't have that. If there's going to be a first-round running back, it'll probably be Harris or Montgomery. Other than that, any of these guys could be taken in the second and later. Of like, We could have a lot of mid-round running backs kind of taken because each of these guys are good in their own way but they kind of don't stand out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have that draft class that, like, a couple years ago where it was like, wow, we've got these two running backs, they're going to go in the first round. Or, like, a Zeke where it's, like, top five. Or, like, a Leonard Fournette. Like, wow, he's a top five running back. We don't have that. And for me, the one thing I will say, and this could be a benefit for either Montgomery or Harris, could be a good thing that uh, they are Matt LaFleur got hired by the Packers and if they get the 32nd overall pick, who knows? Maybe LaFleur goes, hey, I had a guy like Derrick Henry at Tennessee. I'd love to have an Alabama back again. Let me go with Damian Harris, who kind of fits that same mold because Alabama backs are kind of all the same. Like Mark Ingram, like Trent Richardson was the only one that didn't pan out, but like Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, right up the middle type guys. Hard bruiser, runners. Yeah. Hard runners. Mm-hmm. They don't need one though. They've got Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. They don't need a running back. Yeah. That's 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 the whole thing is that they don't they they don't need one. Mm-hmm. Where they could use one, but they need a whole lot of other things mm-hmm. is is also in Miami. Yeah. They could use one in Miami. They could use one in New York for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um You're I, talking I, could use a running back. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean there's None of those teams. Well, I thought that they they had it in Kenyon Drake talking mm-hmm. of another Alabama running back. Yeah. Um. But uh, Kenyon Drake, he he was a guy who not this obviously not this past year, but the year before mm-hmm. the last like six games or so, he was a stud. Thinking everyone's thinking, oh man, he's going to come into this year and just continue to do the same thing. They didn't know what they were doing. They mm-hmm. like Frank Gore, who's thirty nine years old. They like. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake, they're like, oh, we're going to go with Gore a little bit more here. And then Kenyon Drake, mm-hmm. maybe we'll bring you in. And then they didn't know what they were doing over in Miami with the running game. New York is similar. They they don't they don't have really that guy. There are a number of spots, I think, that are similar to that where they they have some running backs. But they don't have that guy. You know they haven't who, found their, their number one guy yet. You know who could also need one? Oakland. Marshawn Lynch and oh, Doug yeah. Martin up at, up after this year. The only running backs they have on the books after this year are DeAndre Washington and Chris Warren. Jalen Richard is a restricted free agent. He probably will be back, but it'll be interesting. What do you do with Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin? Do you bring them back? Do you go to a back in... Um, Mike Mayock knows what a Raider smells like, so he'll be able to find your running back in the draft if that's what you're thinking. But then John Gruden's the one that makes the call, so I don't know what Mike Mayock's doing there. That's just a huge mess. 
but they could yeah. need a running back is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So I, I think that when it when it comes down to it, guys will fall into the spots where they where they go and mm-hmm. uh, they'll they'll have an impact. I'm sure they will. It may not be Saquon Barkley esque, mm-hmm. but they will in some way, shape, or form. But Bryce Love, I still think big old question mark on on Bryce Love. What's going to happen? What does his future hold? How is how quickly will he come back from the injury? How does he come back uh, once? Uh, how does he play once he once he does come back mm-hmm. from the injury? There's just a lot of question marks around Bryce Love. A once very very anticipated running back mm-hmm. is now almost a, a an afterthought. And I was originally going to ask you, I can't ask you where you think he'll fall because we got to see what happens at the combine. I was originally going to ask you for a prediction of good combine, bad combine. For Bryce Love, but I decided not to with that one. Um, we're, we might have to follow up on this one after the combine to see what yeah, exactly happens with Bryce Love. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. What will be the stock for Bryce Love in the draft following this ACL injury? But Brandon, let's close the podcast taking a look at a player from the Alabama Crimson Tide that may be transferring and that is Jalen Hurts before we do make sure to hit us up on Twitter most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod I'm at Ricky Widmer Brandon is at young underscore swan 19 we're always looking to have discussions with you guys whether it's in the comment section or on Twitter at any of those three places so go ahead and hit us up but Brandon what we're looking at today with Jalen Hurts is so he's entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal. And this does not mean that a player is guaranteed going to transfer, but what it means is that teams can now talk to him. It's basically open season um, on the talented quarterback from Alabama. What we're going to look at today is which team, if he does transfer, should Jalen Hurts go to? I am going to ask you first. What is a team that you're sitting there going, you know what, Jalen Hurts, he's got to go here if he transfers away from the Crimson Tide? The team that I think makes the most sense and the team that really needs quarterback help, I'd say Florida State. Mm -hmm. Florida State just makes sense in my mind, and DeAndre Francois really struggled last year. I know their offensive line wasn't good. Everyone struggled, not even outside of the offensive line. Everyone struggled. It was a bad year for Florida State, and I know you certainly don't like their head coach, mm-hmm. but everyone struggled. Uh, James Blackman, when he when he was in there, he wasn't great. He wasn't awful, uh, but he I don't know would be the guy that maybe they want to turn to full time. Clearly, they don't. They didn't. Francois, though, I, I just don't think he's I don't think he's the answer. I don't mm-hmm. think he's necessarily been right since he came back from his injury. He hasn't been as as solid as we saw him in his freshman season. In his freshman campaign, he looked really good. And then after after that, obviously, the injury this past season, this past offseason wasn't a great one for him. And then we come into the season. He doesn't do well. Let's mm-hmm. say that he didn't do well. But Jalen Hurts, it makes sense. This is the type of guy that Willie Taggart wants to be able to use. You talk about a dual threat, Jalen Hurts is the epitome of dual threat. Now, one of the things in Alabama that 
a lot of people got on him for was that, wow, yeah, he runs really well, but when you get into a game where you need to be throwing the football, is he your guy? Well, we saw that in the national championship game, Nick Saban didn't want to find out. He went to Tua, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, the rest is history. Tua ended up being the starter. but And then Jalen had a chance to try to do it when the score was a little bit more out of reach. I think that in the game, though, when Jalen came in mm-hmm. and had to play against Georgia this past year, and he had to come in for Tua because Tua could not return oh, to the game. I was even saying the national championship game. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. talking about, I'm talking about a, a legitimate game where they could have actually won. <laughs> Um, and they did win. Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. did an outstanding job. Yeah, he can throw the football. Mm-hmm. He is accurate. He can move the ball down the field without having to use his legs. I think that he could be a really good fit at Florida State. I think they could get back on track. They could get things going. They w- they could have Jalen Hurts. They could have Cam Akers. They could really have something good here in this Florida State team if. Jalen Hurts goes there. If he doesn't, I think we may see much of the same that we saw last year. Yeah, the one thing that worries me about Florida State, and I know that Jalen Hurts wouldn't have this thought. I know that Florida State wouldn't have this thought, but I have this thought. Are you going to beat, like, Jalen Hurts going to Florida State, do you beat Clemson? Do you beat Clemson at Florida State with Jalen Hurts? I still say no. I I know that Clemson is their defense. Let's see what it looks like next year because they're going to lose three Everyone. of their big guys, <laughs> yeah, basically. They're losing Wilkins. They're losing Colin Farrell. They're losing um, Dexter Lawrence. Basically, the guys that last year had on a big board, and people were like, oh, guys, they're staying. I know they chose to stay um, the day we did the big board. But that's the big thing for me is if I'm Jalen Hurts, Unless I am pretty damn sure that this Florida State team with me can compete with Clemson, I'm not wasting a year going to a team where I'm not going to have a shot to get back to the college football playoff. Because that, to me, should be the mindset. And I know that right away, there's a ton in this ESPN article that they have. To me, that writes off three teams right away. Florida State, it writes off Maryland because you're going to have to get, like, Maryland's interesting, though, because let's see what Ohio State is with Justin Fields. Let's wait and see what he's like before we crown their asses. Let's see what Ohio State is. Let's even see what Michigan is like next year. But I don't like those odds of that path to try to get to the college football playoff. Miami, that's the third one. Like, Miami... Going through a coaching change, they're one where I know that it's Manny Diaz that's taking over for them, but I just, I look at that, and it's the same thing with Florida State, where, yes, I know other side, but I'm going to have to go through Clemson, most likely, to get to that college football playoff, and I just, I don't like it. For me, there's two clear teams that would be at the top of my list if I am... Jalen Hurts. I almost said Justin Hurts. I was thinking Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts. The first one, Oklahoma. I'm looking at Oklahoma. The reason why today Kyler Murray announced his decision to go into the NFL draft, he's gone. Also, and this might play into it a little bit, you know who else put his name 
into the NCAA transfer portal as well. The redshirt sophomore from Oklahoma, Austin Kendall. To me, that is very interesting because if Kendall makes a decision before Hurts and he does move on, then to me, if I'm Jalen Hurts, let me go to Oklahoma. Let me go. I know that that quarterback over in Texas said that the Longhorns are back, but I'm going to have something to say about that. Like, Texas, to me, I could beat, like, that's a team that I can have an easier time with in conference play compared to going up against Clemson. I don't want to face Clemson until I absolutely have to. And I get the mindset there. You're going to say, well, Ricky, you have this, like, scared mindset where Jalen Hurts isn't going to have that mindset. I totally agree. This is from the mind of Ricky Widmer. Oklahoma plus working with a mind like Lincoln Riley, who worked with two mobile quarterbacks, and look at what they were able to do. Uh, we're talking about them both going pot potentially first overall. And like If Kyler Murray goes first overall, what does that say for Lincoln Riley? Play a year in his system, you'll be the first overall pick in the draft. That's basically what that says. The other one is interesting to me. UCLA. And I know this would be way out of Jalen Hurts' comfort zone to move all the way across country, but what better way to potentially make the college football playoff to work with Chip Kelly, who last time he had a dual-threat quarterback that he could work with. He worked with Marcus Mariota, and they went to the national championship. And you get to come to a Pac-12 conference that could be ripe for the picking with the competition being low enough to where you could win the Pac-12 and have an argument to get into the college football playoff. Spencer Rattler is one name. Uh, He's the number one quarterback recruit in the country going Mm. to Oklahoma. That could be one thing that maybe— Why Austin Kendall wants a transfer. But that could be one reason why maybe uh, Jalen Hurts says, no, maybe not Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Maybe not Oklahoma. Um but it all depends. It all depends. If Rattler needs a year, if he's going to need a year to, to to get going and get ready anyways, if he's not going to be ready right away, if Hertz goes in mm-hmm. and and Hertz plays this season, gets his year in under Riley, like you're mm-hmm. saying. But I'm just I just wanted to bring that up. That number one quarterback recruit in the country is headed to Oklahoma, so it wouldn't be that Jalen Hurts is locked in mm-hmm. for that starting job, even if he were to transfer over there. That's all I wanted to make See, mention of. And the interesting thing here is I'm pulling this from that ESPN article, but but Hurts transferring to Oklahoma would work well with the timing of incoming freshman Spencer Rat- Rattler, who is the number one quarterback recruit in the country. Because Rattler is a, isn't arriving until the summer, he likely wouldn't be ready for the 2019 season anyways. However, like you said, if he comes off, comes in and blows the doors off, give him the, like, if he comes in and he's the next chosen one, anything can happen with that. UCLA to me is that one where I look at and I like, I want they were so it, good wanted, last year. I want it to happen, but I don't think it will. And the reason why is to me, why weren't they good? They didn't have that quarterback in my mind. They didn't have, the right guy for Chip Kelly, Jalen Hurts, being that dual threat guy, can be the right guy for Chip Kelly to kickstart him. Okay, so I just want to say mm-hmm. really quickly then, how good is Chip Kelly? If you need to cater around him, 
Well, you need how, the right guy. How good is he? How good is he? No, I, I'm saying like any coach needs the well, right guy. We didn't guy have the right system. guy for Chip Kelly. I mean, shouldn't it be the other way around? No, not necessarily. We didn't. We didn't have the right coach for because you look at Chip Kelly. We didn't have the right coach for Alex Smith. Chip this Kel- whole time he was in Chip Kelly's whole thing is his system. If like, and that's the whole thing why it works in college is you can recruit that quarterback for your system. I think that Jalen Hurts fits that system and why he can be good with Chip Kelly. Will he go there? Probably not. Plus the Pac-12, kind of weak conference. So if you win that conference, you can go ahead, get a conference championship. You go undefeated, you're making a strong claim to be a team that gets into the college football playoff with UCLA. But I don't think that that's like one that is on the outside that I think I would like to see probably won't happen. Is the Pac-12 signing on to play sports again this next year? Maybe. Who knows? They might. I mean, but you look at that. I thought it was going uh, on base of popularity. I don't <laughs> didn't know if they'd be coming back this year. No, I, I don't think. I don't think they have to come back. Uh, that's usually how it works. But, I mean, look at it. It's like Jake Browning is gone. Washington State, are they going to be the same that they were? Stanford wasn't that good this year. Oregon, even with Justin Herbert, went nine and four this year. Like Justin Herbert doesn't mean automatically they win the Pac-12. And then Cal and Oregon, Oregon State, where Cal and Oregon State, where you look at it this way, the team that won the South was the Utah Utes. Look at any other team in that side of the Pac-12. There's no really big quarterback. Unless you want JT Daniels to finally be the guy with the Trojans. We thought he was going to take over for Sam Darnold. He did not. Um, I think it would be the easy pickings for him. I want to throw another one out, though, for you. Because their quarterback is transferring. Could TCU be an underdog team? A dark horse team to get Jalen Hurts? And could he fit with Gary Patterson's... Um, spread offense in Fort Worth. Well, Jalen Hurts is similar, similar in in his his playmaking ability. I think to Sean Robinson, who TCU had over there. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I also think that Florida State just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. they were not they were not far off from being. You know, a good team. I mean, mm-hmm. they were a good team. Not far off. They were a good team. But then they, they, you know, people thought they would bounce back the next year. Francois tears his ACL, blah, blah, blah. I think that Florida State could be closer to being competitive in their conference than maybe TCU is. Mm-hmm. I thought at the beginning of the season maybe TCU would be battling it out towards the towards the top. They didn't end up doing that. They really didn't end up doing that. Now they they had their problems early on in the year. They were looking a little bit better. They played Ohio State. They gave them a good half. They lost in the second half for sure. Ohio State came out better. And then TCU slowly kind of started to trickle away. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I just look more for Jalen Hurts. He's a competitor. He's been on an Alabama team that has won. It has gotten to the national championship game. 
I don't I just I guess I really don't think that he wants to he would want to go to a team that isn't gonna be close. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think that's TCU. And, that's why and now I people would say CFP people would say, Brandon, why do you think he's gonna be close with Florida State? Mm-hmm. I think that Willie Tagger could turn things around this year if they brought in a quarterback like a Jalen Hurts. Now, would it would it happen? Time would tell, but I think it could. You you pair a, a good quarterback with a solid running game, bolster an offensive line that struggled last year. Yeah, I could see that happening. Your offense is all of a sudden much better. Mm-hmm. But. The one out of all of these, after we've been talking, if it happened, the closest team would be Oklahoma. Yep. For sure, easily, hands down. Mm-hmm. Closest team out of all the teams we've mentioned, closest team of going back to the college football playoff, potentially getting in to the championship game, mm-hmm. it's the Sooners. No, and that's completely it. Like the The one that, if you look at the ESPN article, the one that they have that I just throw my hands in the air and I go... Why'd you even waste why'd you even waste the time typing it up? Is Tennessee. I get why we did it. Like Jeremy Pruitt was at Alabama, now he's at Tennessee. He's not going to Tennessee. I'm gonna be completely like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Knoxville. I'm breaking your hearts now. Uh Rocky Top is crumbling now, but uh he ain't going to Tennessee. Like Tennessee was two and six last year in the conference. They're not going to be able to compete with Florida this year. They're not going to compete with Georgia yet. He's not going to waste a year going to Tennessee. Unless he completely does not care about the college football playoff and just wants to go have fun his last year. That's why for me in every single team I've looked at, I've had CFP on the mind. And for me, there are two clear choices that give him the best road potentially to the college football playoff. The first one, you hit the nail on the head. Oklahoma. Yes, they're going to have to play a tough Texas team. Yes, they will probably have to play that tough Texas team two times. But they are a far more manageable opponent in my mind regular season-wise than a Clemson. Could you imagine having to play Clemson potentially twice? In a year, if you went to Miami, yeah, good luck with that one. Good luck beating them once. Now you got to beat them twice to get to the college football playoff. It just ain't going to happen. The other one's UCLA, and the only reason I say that, week Pac-12, I feel like he could work with Chip Kelly, and they could win the Pac-12, the weaker Pac-12 with Jalen Hurts there next year. The third, if I had to give out a third team, though, Florida State might be there. Like Florida State or TCU might be there. TCU, I'm gonna say no, only because if I'm gonna pick a Big 12 team, it'd be Oklahoma. But maybe Florida State, just because of what you said, of out of all the other teams, Florida State behind UCLA and behind Oklahoma could give Jalen Hurts the best chance to maybe get back into the college football playoff because I know that you mentioned before we recorded that kind of the inklings is that he might be leaning towards Florida State or Maryland. I don't think he goes to the college football playoff if he is a Terrapin next season. No, I mean I think you're I think you're right. I I, I don't think that, that Maryland certainly is 
is anywhere near the college football playoff. I, mm-hmm. I really don't. But at the same time, there there is still a question out there of how far would a Florida State team, even in one season, we've seen teams be able to turn it around in one season, but how far would they be away from? I mean, Willie Taggart would be in year two. Year mm-hmm. one was a struggle, but year two, could he turn it around if he were able to bring in a Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and use a guy, Jalen Hurts, who he really sees as being a good fit for his system, mm-hmm. the right guy for his system. If he got the, again, quotes, the right guy for his system, is it all better? Is it all better? You know, do you, do you really, do Florida State Seminole fans really put the last year and a half, two years in the mm-hmm. past and say, they, you know, they, they were bad, but hey, we, it's all fixed now? Well, yeah. If you start, you start winning games, people will forget about it. I just, for me, this will be interesting because I still think, I think there's a small chance Jalen Hurts could go, no, nah, I'll stay. Like, maybe. I don't think so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that because, like, the right, like, this year was, oh, let's see, I might win the job back. This past year was, no, you're the backup. To a, like, it's to a time here in Alabama, either stay as the backup for your last year of eligibility or move on somewhere else. I think he will eventually move on to somewhere else. I just don't know for sure where that somewhere else may be. Do you have any final thoughts before we close this thing up? Nope. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Double-part question. Number one, where would you want? Jalen Hurts to transfer number two, where do you think? So where do you want? Where do you think? Let us know down below in the comment section. I want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast today, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Blog Talk Radio and podcast services around the world. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. We will have Matt on one of our $10 patrons next week. Don't know what we're going to be talking about next with uh, Matt but I can't wait to talk about whatever he wants to talk about next week on the podcast. Make sure to also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. I keep wanting to say iApple and iTunes Podcast, and that's completely wrong. It's Apple Podcast and iTunes. Make sure to give us hopefully a good rating and review, yeah, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast and iTunes. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. For the one, the only Brandon Swanson, I'm Ricky Widmer. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.